0: And that
1: was... I in a wonderful world from Sam cook Welcome to Political Musings today. We're talking about education today on the show. My guest today is Dr. Stacy Barker. She's running for Louisville ISD Board of Trustees, place four. She's a parent of a sixth grader in the district and is a career educator with a Ph.D. in Educational Leadership and Policy Studies. Welcome to the show,
2: Stacey. Thank you so much for having me, Amy.
1: So, today we are talking about education because you're running for school board. Correct. Tell me just a little bit more about you.
2: Sure. Um, I grew up in Texas. I'm a homegrown Texan, grew up in Texas public schools. Um, I am a parent, as you mentioned. My daughter is a sixth grader at McCamey Middle School in Louisville ISD. Um, I love seeing her as a middle schooler. She's flourishing and blossoming and finding her niche, um, which is super exciting. She's a swimmer, and she really loves choir. She, she actually has a solo contest this, this weekend that um, we'll be taking her to, so that's really exciting. Uh, a little bit more about me. I started my career as a teacher. And then I went into campus administration and then district administration, and now I work at a regional education center, and so I work with 120-plus districts of different sizes and um, qualities and demographics. Um, And I really think that all of that um, expertise, I can bring that to the table as a member of the community of Louisville ISD and would love to serve as a board member in the district.
1: That's wonderful. When you're thinking about education and and where we are, what would you say is the right and wrong directions where, where we might be going?
2: That's a really good question. So the first thing that I think that we have to be really careful of is the politicization of education. Um, I think that it's really important that a race like a school board race is nonpartisan because we should all be working together for what's best for kids. Um, And I think that there's been a bit of a shift uh, in recent years to making school boards a bit of a battleground for (laughs) for um, particularly the uh, conservative aspects of um, education. It's become a a place to tout um, values and beliefs that... um, In my opinion, we we should stick to education and really be thinking about what's best for kids. And so I think that that's a direction we really need to make sure that we don't continue to head in. In terms of the right direction for kids, we are having a lot of conversations around meeting individual students where they are. And we haven't always been really good about that. You know, the state of Texas has gotten into some trouble in the past over our special education um, identification and things like that. But I think because of some of those challenges, we're heading more in the direction of meeting the individual needs of students, whether that's through specific programs like dyslexia services and special education services, but even through things like virtual offerings. We found during the pandemic that some students, not all, but some students thrive in those environments. So you're seeing districts, even like Louisville, reaching out and asking, would this be something that would benefit your child? And then thinking through, how can we make that happen. So getting more individualized for each individual student's needs and preferences, I think we need to keep moving in that direction.
1: Let's take a little break at this point, and uh, next up is a song from the Monty Python group, Eric Idle. This is the Galaxy song.
3: Whenever life gets you down, Mrs. Brown, and things seem hard or tough, And people are stupid, obnoxious or daft And you feel that you've had quite enough Just remember that you're standing on a planet that's evolving And revolving at 900 miles an hour It's orbiting at ninety miles a second, so it's reckoned, a sun that is the source of all our power. The sun and you and me, and all the stars that we can see, are moving at a million miles a day. In an outer spiral arm at forty thousand miles an hour, of the galaxy we call the Milky Way. Our galaxy itself contains a hundred billion stars, it's a hundred thousand light-years side to side. It bulges in the middle, sixteen thousand light-years thick, but out by us it's just three thousand light-years wide. We're thirty thousand light-years from galactic central point, we go round every two hundred million years our galaxy is only one of millions of billions in this amazing and expanding universe
1: that that is from the universe, Eric Idle's uh, great musical that teaches just a little bit of science. And I, I dedicate that song to our local flat earther. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're just joining me, I'm speaking today with Dr. Stacy Barker. And she is running for... Louisville ISD Board of Trustees place four. Is that an, a single member district or at large?
2: All of the seats in Louisville ISD Board of Trustees are at large.
1: That's the case in, in Denton too. So the the difference for folks out there for you that don't understand that terminology what that means is a an at large is it covers the whole of the district people can vote for Stacy. Whereas a single member district, which we have some of in the Denton City Council, that means that you your council member just represents your part of town. Or there's a They're drawn out in districts, so it's not the whole of the Mm -hmm. town. On our uh, city council here where I live, we have two at-large council members and four single-member districts. So that's the difference between that. Mm -hmm. We're talking today about education and the importance of voting, those down-ballot races, those, you know, not the general election you still need to turn out for those. In fact, the closer it is to where you live, the smaller the area, the more important your vote is. And the uh, great thing about us that participate, our vote counts for more if very few people show up. So that's true. Yeah, you, know, you may be the deciding vote on that election. Uh, Stacy, there's been some controversy. I think you touched on it a little bit about book bans. And uh, one of our members of the Ledge, it, I think, put out a list of 800 books.
2: Correct. Can you talk to that subject a little bit? I can. Um, So I had mentioned that I was a teacher. I I was actually an English teacher. So there's nothing more precious to me than reading. (laughs) So to put that in there first, Um, I do think we we have to make sure that the material that we have for students is age appropriate. Um, However, Censors have never been on the right side of history, so we have to be very careful about censoring for things that are personal values rather than um, things that, that should be available for, for the public consumption. Um, and when it comes to school libraries, my family is very privileged. We can go to Barnes & Noble, we can go to Half Price Books, we can go to the public library And we do all of those things, and still my child visits the school library almost on a daily basis because it's convenient, because it offers her a chance to talk to her friends about what she's reading. And that's for a privileged family. So if you think about families that don't have those same kind of privileges, the school library may be the only place where they have a breadth of reading material. So... If there are concerns about books, there are policies in place to have those reviewed. We need to go through those policies and that procedure, not be reactive because of a list of books that was published by uh, someone who's not a librarian and not in schools.
1: Absolutely. And the area of life lessons, uh, I I have a song here, and we're going to talk about it just afterwards. That, um, actually, uh, one of the things that happens in schools is that there's a lot of attitude toward... Um, being the most popular and participation in this and that and the other thing uh, and that sort of clouds our view of school as we grow up.
2: Would you agree? <laughs> I think that there are a lot of different um, forces at work on kids, and it has to do with, you know, you have the academic pressures, but then you also have social pressures, and you have parent pressures, and all of those things work together to make school sometimes a really challenging place for kids.
1: Well, let's hear a song. This one's from Tim Beck 3. This is Future So Bright. Band, Bowling for Soup. They actually started in Wichita Falls and moved to Denton, my hometown. Bowling for Soup. The song brings up some interesting points. And one of them, there's a line, throwing up before you digest, uh, is a little to bulimia and anorexia that was that was a much bigger problem I would say back in the 70s and 80s when I was growing up but I don't know what's the situation now is that still a problem
2: I think we're seeing a lot more problems um, with anxiety and depression, um, especially with students now, than we probably did in the past. And we see that expressed in a myriad of ways. Sometimes it comes out in eating disorders, but I think there has been, like you mentioned, a, um, a big campaign of making that known and, and getting help for that, but now it, it's much more subtle, and um, I feel like especially the last two years has been a really traumatic experience for students, um, and so we're seeing um, isolation and anxiety uh, in, a, in a much higher rate than we have in the past, and that's something that I think is really important for schools to deal with and to have resources for students to, to help them with those challenges.
1: And the song before that was from that '90s period, where I think it, it started back in the '80s with "Welcome Back, Carter." Carter, um, where they had basically the um, well, resource students, I think, is what you'd call it now. That uh, it was a school show about them, and then in the '90s. Um, I can't remember. The, uh, saved by the Bell, and that's more of your uh, what, what? What's the word for it? For the advanced students?
2: Oh, like uh, gifted and talented
1: students. Gifted and talented programs, mm-hmm. and and these are the the kids. Again, these are the smart kids. What? Um, where do you think we excel, and where do you think we need to improve? on gearing education to, like like you said, where students are now?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, two-fold. So the first thing that I would say is that Louisville ISD is a very high-performing district. When you look at our outcomes, we are um, one of the top districts in the state. What happens with that sometimes is that we miss um, certain students who are not growing at the same rate of others, and that can happen across the spectrum, whether it's a high-performing student or a student that has significant challenges, and so one of the things that I really think that we need to focus on is the growth of every student, that no matter where you start, you're continuing to make gains forward, whether, again, you're a high-achieving student, you should still be making growth, and whether you have significant Challenges you should still be making growth. If we can focus on this piece of growing each kid, then we can hit the entire spectrum and be able to meet kids where they are and continue to move them forward.
1: What do you, what are your feelings about uh, testing?
2: That's a good question. So, I think that. Number one, testing is a federal requirement. So even if I were elected to the board, I can't do anything about taking it away. Um, But I will say that testing has its benefits. It can show us comparatively where we are compared to other districts. It can also show us where there are some gaps in certain student groups um, with certain subject areas, perhaps. Uh, So it has some benefits. However, I do think that we concentrate on testing at too much of an emphasis at the student level and the teacher level. So to me, those standardized tests are really an aggregate to look at where we are as a district and where we are as a state, not to be looking at where... an individual student is or where a teacher is. So I think we have to be really cautious about making decisions for individual students based on one data point. We need to look at multiple data points. And the same thing for our teachers. We need to be really cautious about using test scores to evaluate our staff. Again, it's one data point. So for me, testing, state testing tells part of the picture, but not the entire picture. Mm
1: -hmm. Are there any ways that you think would improve um, how we're determining where a particular student is at?
2: Absolutely. So Louisville ISD already has... um Formative testing that we do within the school building, and it's uh, much more low stakes. It happens on a regular basis at a few points throughout the year so that we can see that growth and be able to see, you know, is this student moving in the right direction without it being a one data point in time, high stakes test. Um, also, uh, we definitely need to continue to leverage teacher input um, and what the teacher is seeing. Because sometimes what a teacher sees doesn't show up on an exam, right? Um, and then there are all, all sorts of other ways that we can evaluate students. We can do it through portfolio assessments where they collect work throughout the year and take a look at, you know, their growth over time. Um, we can also look at performance um Uh, Data. So for our choir kids, for our band kids, they're very used to performance assessments. They do it at concerts uh, throughout the year. But we could also do that in um, classrooms. So like for an English class, getting up and giving speeches in front of the classroom or giving presentations, those are the kinds of things that we can do to better evaluate where students are without subjecting them to another test.
1: We have a a young man who I believe is 8 years old who has joined our Toastmasters group, and the first time he was there, gave a speech about an app that he wrote. Wow. Uh, I believe that he is in Louisville ISD. That, to me, it's amazing, first of all, to have the courage to get in front of somebody that young. I believe it's the number one fear at public speaking. Yep. Not for those of us in politics, that we live <laughs> for that. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, uh, the average kid, so he not only did that, but he wrote this wonderful little app that tells you about the, the galaxy, about the planets and the stars and lets you click on them, an app for your phone.
2: That's amazing.
1: I, I think, you know, I you're probably a good deal younger than me, but I couldn't have conceived, first of all, that I would have a phone that I carry around. But not only that, that my phone is also a camera, is also a computer, yeah. uh, accesses the world of... Uh, I used to joke about uh, when I when I was younger, you would see these movies and they would type something or say something into a computer and it would just give them everything they're looking for. Uh, <laughs> and I would laugh and go, oh, that's not how it
2: works. <laughs> <laughs> and now that's kind of how it works. <laughs> that's where we
1: are these days. Mm-hmm. And not just, you know, not just a, a big computer, which back then, you know, they were the size of a room. But right there on our phones that we carry around with us everywhere, you can just ask it a question and it will answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that, that this young man is a really good testament to the job that they're doing in LISD.
2: Absolutely.
1: What about life skills? Tell me a little bit about where you think we are in teaching those kinds of skills.
2: I think we're headed in the right direction. Um, of course, everything can be improved upon, but uh, a couple of years ago, the math standards, what we call the TEKS in education, the math standards went through a revision, and the um, State Board of Education made a point of including financial literacy in those standards from kindergarten all the way up. And so my daughter in fifth grade was learning about budgeting and um, interest and loans and things like that. And now she in sixth grade, she's doing a project where she uh, was uh, she selected a career and then selected a house and, and went through all of that process of what her career paid versus what she <laughs> wanted to live in versus the kind of car that she wanted. So she had to navigate some of those. And a lot of that is, is really because of the work that we did in the standards and making that a part of the math course so um, it always makes me a little frustrated when i hear people i'll see people online you know post a meme about well we should teach financial literacy in schools we already are it's there it's in it's in our standards and it's it's um i like to say baked in once it's in the standards we have to teach it so um i think that that's really key but one of the other aspects that um it comes up in some of the character education standards but it's not everywhere is the need for all of our teachers to encourage and develop students in their social skills. So being able to navigate working in groups and um, handling the different emotions that come up when you work with people, right, and being able to um, navigate those situations, um, and that's going to help both their academic success but also those mental health challenges that I mentioned before.
1: Let's hear a little song that kind of plays to this, um, I imagine this uh, band maybe grew up in a time where that wasn't the case. I know it certainly wasn't the case very much when I was a kid, although one of my best friends, her mother taught what was called family living. Uh, Now, it was sort of home ec, but not, (laughs) But, but a little beyond that. But uh, this this song is from a band called Boy in the in a band, and it's called Don't Stay in School. And then we're gonna follow that with James Brown and Don't Be a Dropout. <laughs>
4: I wasn't taught how to pay tax But I know loads about Shakespeare's classics I was never taught how to vote They devoted that time to defining isotopes I wasn't taught how to look after my health But mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell Never spent a lesson on current events Instead I studied the old American West I was never taught what laws there are I was never taught what laws there are Let me repeat I was not taught the laws for the country I live in But I know how Henry VIII killed his women Divorced, beheaded, died Divorced, beheaded, survived <laughs> L- that's in my head instead of financial advice I was shown the wavelengths of different hues of light But I was never taught my human rights Apparently there's 30, do you know them? I don't, why the hell can't we both recite them? By rote I know, igneous, metamorphic and sedimentary rocks Yet I don't know squat about trading stocks Or how money works at all, where does it come from? How does the thing that motivates the world function? Not taught to budget and disperse my earnings I was too busy there rehearsing cursive the most deadly mental disorders or diseases with preventable causes, or how to buy a house with a mortgage if I could afford it, because abstract maths was deemed more important than advice that would literally save thousands of lives. But it's cool, because now I could tell you if the number of unnecessary deaths caused by that choice was prime. Never thought present day practical medicines But I was told what the ancient Hippocratic method is I've got a headache, the pain is ceaseless What should I take? Um, maybe try some leeches? Could we discuss domestic abuse and get the facts? Or how to help my depressed friend with a mental state? Um, no, but learn mental maths Because you won't have a calculator with you every day They say it's not the kids, the parents are the problem Then if you taught the kids to parent, that's the problem solved then All this advice about using a condom But not for when you actually have a kid what one? I'm only fluent in this language For serious, the rest of the world speaks too Think I think I'm an idiot? He goes to solo over the political system So like a typical citizen Now I don't know what I'm voting on Which policies exist or how to make them change?
0: trouble, I will not tell. Now, those guys didn't seem good, and they didn't seem bad. They didn't seem so happy, and I know they weren't sad. But the point is that they follow the rules. They got an education, and they all finished school. Now, underneath his tears, I can see the truth back. When he dropped out of school, he never, never went back. Chains. So he looked up his friends to check their pay ring. When he got there, the crib he found that he was a drag Cause man, they were clean and his clothes were like rags One was a businessman with a plenty of dough He had his things so set up, he knew he couldn't blow The other had his job so uptight He had his whole family and his kids all on of the same thing, tell me one more time now, me, uh, what do you say, without an education, life is that? got to, got to, got to get some money now, what say? without an education, Why is that? for the last time, I'm gonna say, they kept on pushing, when the going was tough, and now they know, that things don't seem so
1: James Brown with Don't Be a Dropout, and before that, Boys in a Band, Don't Stay in School. If you're just joining me today on Political Musings, I am speaking with Stacy Barker. She's running for Louisville ISD Board of Trustees, place four, and uh, she is also a career educator with a Ph.D. in Educational Leadership and Policy Studies. Okay, I need to ask you, what is your feeling about those two songs we just heard and the sentiments in each one?
2: Yeah, I think that um, there is definitely a perception of the, the... discrete skills that are taught in school as being uh, irrelevant to later um, life skills and things like that. Um, but then we know that there are better outcomes for students that graduate from high school. Um, the research shows that you're going to have a better um, career, you're going to have better um, job outcomes, income outcomes, all of those different things, even generationally. So absolutely stay in school. But here's what I'll say about these, the idea of these discrete skills not uh, being irrelevant. The goal of education, in my view, is not to teach you what to think, but to teach you how to think. So it's not just that we're learning about isotopes, to pull in one of the uh, lines from the song, but that we're learning about how these different things in our world interact and how do we engage in that interaction. How do we understand how our... Um, Earth is a part of a bigger universe and a bigger galaxy, and that this this desk that my computer is sitting on is made up of all these different little pieces, um, and that I can break those pieces apart and put them back together in new and interesting ways and so that to me is uh, it 's less about what we 're teaching in schools and more about how we 're teaching students to think so that when they leave us they are critical thinkers and lifelong learners and any skill that they would need after they leave us they have the the capability of learning and adjusting and thinking critically about what comes before them
1: and i would say to a large extent so many of the jobs now you need more than high, high school diploma doesn't get you what it used to
2: that is true
1: so you need to be prepared to go on and get, you know, the bachelor's degree, associate degree, MD, JD.
2: Exactly, or some kind of skilled certification uh, or an apprenticeship or something along those lines. Because we know college is not for everyone, but there is those next steps in being career ready as well, absolutely.
1: I, it seems to me, and I, this may not be true for the district uh you're in or mine, but there has been a degradation of the uh, career skills, a sort of training in uh, high school where you're you're learning a specific skill to get you through, you know, to some other specific job.
2: Yeah, so one of the things that, so my, one of my more recent backgrounds has been in the state accountability system, and I'll tell you one thing that, and and everybody wants to dog the state accountability system, right? So not a lot of people are happy about it, but one thing that it did do is it brought into play this idea of industry-based certifications, and it made industry-based certifications a part of the accountability system, so schools could get credit for how many students were participating in these industry-based certifications. And what that did, in my mind, and and looking at a lot of different districts, it brought back some of the emphasis on some of these career-ready aspects beyond just college-ready aspects. And it made uh, districts really take a look at what certifications are our children able to um, apply for and then can they be successful with the programming that we have in place? And Louisville ISD has actually done a really great job of offering a variety of those and um, providing the programs to get them there.
1: What would you say um, we're all coming out of this pandemic? Well, I say we're coming out of it. It seems to go on forever. There's always a a new variant. New variant. Yes, and so... um, How would you say that the Lewisville ISD has fared in responding to the needs of the health of the students?
2: I I think we could have done better. Um, I think that it was in the beginning there There was a lot of um, community aspect to it. We were all in it together um, so that march of twenty twenty you know there was a lot of outpouring of support for teachers and students who were having to make adjustments very quickly and Then I feel like that in when we came back in um this school year in twenty one twenty two we tried to pretend that the pandemic wasn't there anymore, um, and we tried to kind of move on with our lives as if it as if it didn't exist, and I think that was really to our detriment. Um, it was very much some of the language was very much an us versus them kind of mentality where we had those who wanted masks on one side those who didn't want masks on the other side and then with the vaccine that became another us versus them mentality and that just it hurts me as a community member and as a member of the community of education because I feel like if we had come together and continued this community aspect that we had in the early days of the pandemic where maybe we can't mandate masks or mandate vaccines, although we have a pretty robust vaccine policy in place for all sorts of other vaccines, but I'll go, I won't go into that. Uh, but even if we can't mandate these things, we could have had better language around what do we need to do as a community to protect each other Right. Not that we need to require things, but let's let's have a conversation about what we can do to help each other. And I feel like if we had had that language, we wouldn't have had to shut down for three days because we didn't have enough bodies in the building to to be able to hold classes.
1: Well, let's uh, hear one last song before we go on for the rest of the day. Before we end the show, this one is a favorite of mine. This is Green Day, American Idiot. Green Day with American Idiot well we've had a great show here today with my guest Stacey, Dr. Stacy Barker who's running for Louisville ISD uh, board of directors Stacy, how do people find your campaign online on social media um, you've got your microphone muted
2: I mean, you'd think after two years of Zoom I wouldn't make that mistake, but I guess it happens to all of us. Um, uh, You can find me on my website, Dr. Stacy with an I, S T A C I, Barker, B A R K E R dot com. Same thing with Facebook and Twitter. You can find me, Dr. D R, Stacy Barker, uh, pretty much anywhere Facebook, Twitter, um, and you can find out more about my campaign on my website. You can also find a link there to donate to my campaign if you'd like to be a supporter, and also a link to volunteer. Uh, we need help getting the word out that we've got a highly qualified candidate for place for Louisville ISD Board of Trustees. And, Amy, I just want to say thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come talk a little bit about me and uh, have this great conversation about education. Well thank you
1: for, for joining us today and I wanna remind folks when you're when you're doling out the donations, give a thought to people running down the ballot, people running in harder races, because I don't care how small your district is, it is expensive to run for office and the less uh notice that your race is getting nationally the less funding you're you're getting locally. So go out there, donate to Stacey. Give her your time. Boy, if, if you don't have a lot of money to give, can you just spend an afternoon knocking on doors and asking people to vote? Well, thank you again, Stacey. As I remind everyone every week, get registered, get informed, go vote, and if you don't have anything nice to say, come sit next to me.